Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With shoppers buying everything online these days, getting those holiday gifts for family and friends is going to be harder than ever. But no need to worry because our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have got us covered. Jay and the team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic, from current superstars like LeBron James to the all-time legends like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And right now, for our listeners, we have a special one-time only pre-Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. So head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 30% off your entire order. Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Welcome to another episode of the ISO and SB Live Sports on the Believe Podcast Network, conversations throughout the world of sports with experts, whether coaches, players, front office executives, broadcasters, today's someone who has grinded his way out as a player and now forging his way as a coach at the Division League three level as well as doing some really unique things at the grassroots level. None other than friend of mine, Brant Miner. Brant, how goes it at uh, Pacific University these days just south of Portland? All good. Everything considered. First off, thanks for having me. I don't know if I qualify for that expert title or definitely not a front office GM type, but happy to be here. Excited to talk a little hoops. Well, that's the one thing that that I've always enjoyed about you is the fact that you love hoops and you want to try to stay involved in the game, be involved with the game and give back to the game. Uh, And I I think anybody who, who listens to this conversation will recognize and realize that you've got your feet in a number of different uh, areas in the game of basketball and you're trying to push the game forward for as many people as possible because the game was an important part of your life growing up and it is continuing to be that way to start off with the game being an important part to you you grew up in southern Oregon in the Grants Pass area and that's not necessarily a basketball hotbed there might be a lot of interest but there isn't necessarily a lot of high level players come out of that area where did your love for the game come and, and how did you kind of put together a, a, a path or a goal or a dream that I want to play at the college level? First, I think the love of the game came from my dad's mom. She was old lady, but she loved basketball. She played in the 1930s in Oregon and was scored 100 points in a game. And so she just loved the game of basketball. It's a different type of game, but and my older brother also played, and so I grew up, I don't remember not playing, and just grew to love it, and was never, um, not 6'8", I'm not your stereotypical Division One player, but I loved the game, like you said, Dan, and I wanted to try to pursue playing in college, 
the schools that recruited me, I was all state in Oregon, but wasn't getting the door knocked down with recruiters. Like you said, Southern Oregon's not necessarily turning out a lot of high level players. So I was recruited by a lot of smaller schools, D3, NAIAs, and just really decided I didn't want to decide my future based on a couple more years of basketball. So I didn't want to go to a school that didn't have my major. So I looked at the University of Portland and I loved the campus. It's close to Portland. It's not in the city of Portland. It's gorgeous campus, smaller class sizes, everything I was looking for. And the coaches saw me play senior year at the state tournament. We had a good run, finished fourth in the state at the highest classification here in Oregon. And they invited me to walk on. And everybody else on the team was getting full scholarships. And I was getting free Nikes, which was more than I got in high school. And just the opportunity to be on a team. And what I learned as a walk-on, I still carry with me as a coach. So there was so many lessons just because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to get to play. I talk a lot about the production versus problem scale. If you're not producing as much as the problems you're creating, they're going to cut you. And as a walk-on, you're not producing a whole lot on the floor. So you have to make sure you're zero risk off the floor. You have to help the team GPA, win the sprints. There was a lot of those little lessons that I learned as a walk-on that have, I've carried with me today. So... I'd say the first thing my, my dad's mom, my grandmother taught me to love the game and, and then just growing up around it and now getting to coach it. I'm definitely very fortunate to still be in the game. Well, you've got a really unique perspective 20 years later because you coach at the Division three level. And you're seeing kids going through that thought process that you had to go through. You had a, you wanted to play Division One, but maybe the scholarship opportunities weren't there. But there is a whole new world that a lot of kids and parents, and a lot, quite frankly, a lot of high school coaches don't understand that Division Three NAIA basketball is very good. And if you find the right fit, you can have a great experience. Now that you're an assistant coach at that level for Pacific University and you're recruiting kids, what is your message to them as you get to know them uh, about working through their process? Great question. It's all about fit, right? That's kind of the buzzword. Everybody says fit, but what does that mean? Portland was a great fit for me, even though I knew I was never probably going to start a game or play significant minutes, the school, the size, the location, all those things factor into the fit. And so now I'm kind of trying to talk kids out of doing that walk on, which is what you're kind of mentioning about the unique perspective. Cause I did it. And now I'm trying to tell kids, Hey, um, one I use is, do you want to be a guy or the guy you come to Pacific university? You're going to be the guy. You're going to have the ball in your hands late in the game. We're going to, you're going to be able to impact player where if you walk on, maybe you earn a spot, maybe you don't, maybe they cut you. Maybe you're a two year bench player and you earn a scholarship obviously Dan you being a Gonzaga guy you've seen the Andrew Sorensons and some of those guys Hart and Michelson some of those Gonzaga names of guys that have done well as walk-ons but the division three level like you're saying is completely misunderstood it's it's high level basketball everybody's just a little probably smaller skill wise it's not a drastic drop off but physically size wise is the major differences that I see. Uh, 
And I think the NAI level is a very high level with scholarships, obviously now going to one division. Prior to Pacific, I was at Southern Oregon University, which is NAIA. And having scholarship money, I was recruiting differently than now Division Three without scholarships. So the main thing, if there's kids that are listening or parents, the best way to give yourself more options to play in college is to get good grades. And I know some kids are like, well, shouldn't it be to improve my jump shot or, you know, get a better handle? But the best way to improve your chances is to get better grades so then you can have the opportunity possibly to walk on. Because a walk-on needs to help the team GPA. You know, they can't be a liability in the classroom. And the Division three level without basketball scholarships, they have to have the grades to first off qualify to get in but then also qualify for the merit scholarship to help pay for their school. So I think the division three level is a great option and a great fit for those kids that want the smaller class sizes, want to know their professors. Um, we have 2000 undergrad students, a third are athletes. So we get a really good turnout at our sporting events. Um, it's a great location, Pacific university being 40 minutes from downtown Portland and an hour from the beach, seaside, Cannon Beach. Uh, so you have a college atmosphere, college town, but you're a hop, skip, and a jump away from a Blazers-Nuggets game or a Blazers-Lakers game. So there's a lot of things that I love about Pacific. Yeah, I can tell that, you know, your thought process was, was really well developed when you were going through it in high school. Uh, and it sounds like, obviously, now as a coach, your pitch – is well developed to kind of uh, suit who that you guys are evaluating and you're recruiting. Obviously there's a lot of guys at the high school level that you have to, as a, as a coach sift through to figure out who fits your program, who doesn't fit your program with one of your side endeavors called max hoops. You have the opportunity and the ability to see a lot of kids um, every year at different events that you run. Um, you run some different, uh, weekend events, and then you run uh, in a large-scale AAU tournament every year where you get a number of, of AAU teams to, to your location in Las Vegas and have your typical summer evaluation series tournament. With running those events, you now, I can imagine, are able to pick and choose and see the different levels of players. And then when you're going back and talking with those kids – are you able to really help them dial in? Hey, you know what? Maybe it is a division two opportunity that would be best for you. Maybe an NAI because of your grades, if it, if it fits, maybe division three, because you're a great student. How have, has your separate endeavors with max hoops really helped your networking and your evaluation in impacting kids at that level? The max hoops has been great. I see a lot of kids, um, like you said, Dan, I'm seeing kids in Seattle, Spokane, Reno, Sacramento, our biggest locations, Portland, since that's where I played. That's where I live now. But I'm always evaluating. Going to AAU tournaments is tough because you can like a kid, but if you don't know anything about their academics or their family situation, it can make it difficult to recruit them. So we do a high academic showcase where you have to have above a three-point to attend so the AAU tournament in Las Vegas that you mentioned, I've built a lot of relationship with those club team coaches. So I'm able to ask them, 
hey, which kids might fit our profile that have the grades, that have some financial support, which kids should I be looking at? And then I kind of compare those kids to the other kids that the other coaches are telling me to watch. So going to an AAU tournament blind is really difficult because there could be a kid that I love, but they're a 2.7 and they're probably not going to be able to get into Pacific. So there is those relationships this past season. Uh, Pacific had the freshman of the year in the conference, in the Northwest Conference. So the best freshman. And he came to a Max Hoops event when he was a sophomore. He's from Spokane, went to Gonzaga Prep for three years, and then transferred to West Valley and had a good senior season there. Uh, had options, probably could have walked on, maybe had D2 opportunities, NAIA scholarships, but he had planned ahead. His family had planned ahead and saved a little bit. And he really wanted to have the ball in his hands and wanted to be the guy. And he came in, started the season. We had some seniors that were good scorers. So he was more of the facilitator. Two of our leading scorers went down midway through conference. And Nick Drynan really stepped up and averaged 20 a game, had 32 at Linfield, 29 against George Fox. So Nick really stepped up. Um, but that's a relationship that I built when he was a sophomore in high school at Gonzaga Prep. So it sounds like so much of, of your evaluation is understanding fit, fit with grades, fit with uh, type of school a kid and their family may be looking for, and fit within levels. And your work with Max Hoops and the events that you run allows you to kind of sift through some things to maybe give Pacific and your coaching staff an opportunity that might not have been there. You talk about fit. You decided to go to the University of Portland as a walk-on and played for a former NBA coach in Michael Holton. Not a lot of former NBA players have had success coaching at the college level or former NBA coaches coaching at the college level because it's, quite frankly, it's a different game. What was your experience like under Coach Holton? I learned a lot from Coach Holton. Things I'll do similar if I ever run a program, and obviously things I'll do differently if I ever run a program. Uh, he had great connections, like you said, Larry Brown, when the Pistons came to town to play in 04, they had a really good team, and Larry Brown, Coach Brown came and went to our practice, and obviously Coach Holton being a UCLA alum and having come to Portland at, from being the associate, head coach at UCLA. I learned a lot about managing and recruiting um, the relationships. A lot of the teammates I played with, and I know it's the same thing at Gonzaga, they're guys that were at my wedding. Um, just the recruiting aspect of character guys. In Portland, you have to get high character, high academic kids also. So it is a tough place to recruit to University of Portland. Obviously, the West Coast Conference, you have three national contenders, obviously Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU with a national recruiting base of any LDS kid in the country is going to put BYU on their short list. So it is a very difficult league, and obviously now they have another NBA guy, Terry Porter, who has kind of struggled on the floor. Um, and, I, and I don't know too much about how they're doing as far as the – kids in the program but I know it is a very difficult league and you're competing against Southern California schools where there's 
hundreds of kids that can play where Portland is not quite as high of a level of basketball city as Seattle or Southern California. So I understand there's challenges there, but I think the things I learned from Holton, the recruiting aspect, building those relationships and just seeing how he ran a program, I learned things I'll do the same and things I'll do differently. You've had experience at a number of different levels. At the Division One level, uh, obviously you played as a walk-on, but you also had some undergrad assistant coaching duties with the women's team while you were there. You coached at Southern Oregon University, which is an NAIA school, which, uh, quite frankly, I think that's an undervalued option for a lot of kids and their families, especially now with the Division One and two levels of NAIA blending to become one, and coaching now at the Division Three. What are your future aspirations as a coach do you want to at some point run your own program regardless of level do you want to get to the division one level uh as an assistant and work your way up what does Brant Miner really kind of uh have kind of as a as a guide or a plan for what he wants to do as a coach that's a great question um I try to make the best decisions I can every day. I, I'm really happy where I'm at right now. I love getting to run max hoops, build those relationships with high school kids. I love the recruiting aspect, Division Three, because we do recruit a lot of kids. So that's something I really enjoy. Uh, I'm not chasing the Division One assistant. I understand that being a Division One assistant, it's a 70-hour a week job if you want to be average. You know, you're spending 80 and you're spending a lot of time. I have a young daughter, two and a half year old daughter. Um, we're five minutes from my in-laws. I'm probably not going to be moving. So I'm not chasing a central Wyoming community college job or, um, you know, a small school. It would have to be the absolute perfect opportunity for us to think about relocating from where we live now. So... I love being an assistant for Coach Lunt. Justin Lunt has got – he's just turned 41, and he's got 15 years of head college coaching experience, and he's high energy. I love working with him. Um, so I could see myself possibly being a Division three head coach if the right opportunity comes along. But I also am happy being an assistant and for the right coach. But the Division one level – is such a time commitment. July, you're on the recruit the road recruiting the whole month. It is just such a time commitment. And I want to have a family. I want to be there for my daughter's sporting events and things like that. So as far as the long-term plan, I'm not sure. And I know you're supposed to have goals and a vision, but I think if you make the best decisions you can every day um, and keep going forward, the opportunities will present themselves. So I guess in short, I'm not chasing a division one dream or a head coaching dream. I just, I'm chasing happiness. And that comes from kind of having my freedom to at the division three level, there is a lot more work life balance division one at Portland. I was spending six, seven hours a day on basketball related activities between individual workouts, film weights, practice and then having to do the own workouts after practice because I wouldn't get as much run during practice and then trying to learn the scout team and then trying to teach that to our guys at the end of the bench that probably would be playing if they could remember our plays 
so try that was the challenge trying to teach those guys the scouting report and but I was always the other team's best player. So I got to be J.J. Redick before we played Duke. I got to be Adam Morrison when we played the Zags. I was Blake Stepp the year we went up to Spokane and knocked off the Zags. So I didn't have a major part in that game, but my name got in the box score. And I just have to bring that up because it's so rare that somebody goes to Spokane and gets a W up there. That is rare for a WCC opponent to go into McCarthy Athletic Center and get a win. I had forgot that you were on the University of Portland team that went back and played at Duke. What was that experience like, especially, you know, for a kid from Southern Oregon who probably a couple years before um, were, was playing in small high school gyms with a community that was, uh, I, I can only imagine, was fully behind you. But now you go into maybe the most known gym in college basketball. It's a tough subject because that was a year I didn't get to travel. So oh, that was a heartbreak. My apologies. You're rubbing it in. No, because of that connection, they try to schedule a home game. So the year before I got there, Duke had come out to Portland. I think it was Dunleavy. Yeah. They wanted to have a home game for Michael Dunleavy. And so, but I got to play at MacArthur Court, Mac Court, for the, when we played the Ducks. And we played against Luke and Luke, who the year before I was watching on TV. And they made the Elite Eight run that year with Freddie Jones and Luke Ridenour and Luke Jackson. So just talking about historic gyms, MacArthur Court, where the Ducks played their home games. Obviously, now they have the new arena, and so does Gonzaga. But... The old kennel, you know, that was an electric atmosphere. And to go in there, and I know you're wanting to talk about Duke, but since you kind of put that back that I didn't get to travel to that one, I'll talk about the Zags victory that we silenced them. It was – we were up 16 with four minutes, and they went on a 12-0 run. Blake Stepp hit Turioff for a thunderous dunk. The crowd was going crazy. They cut it to four. We couldn't hear anything in the timeout, and we held them off. And I got to play in the last minute. My plus-minus was pretty poor, and I didn't play a lot, but I got my name in the box score. And that was an incredible experience because, like you said, we'd play in some high school gyms and when I was in high school that were very sparse with fans. Um, our home arena that we played in was kind of an arena seating on three sides and the sunken court that was amazing, and we sold out those games because we were – a good team, but that was pretty incredible just getting to play against some of the best teams in the country with Duke and preparing the guys for the scout on the scout team and playing Gonzaga and University of Oregon. We beat Oregon State. We won at the pit in New Mexico, and I got to travel to that game. Didn't get my name in the box score, but um, still, it was just incredible for a small-town Southern Oregon guy to get to travel play in the West Coast Conference. Um, definitely feel like I got pretty close to my potential level as a player. Well, that's awesome to hear. I, I always appreciate talking hoops with you because you mentioned in one of your previous uh, answers, the happiness of life and happiness of being around the game of basketball is important to you. And every time that we talk, I can tell that is absolutely true that you're searching for happiness in those aspects as opposed, as opposed to just pursuing a job. So, Brant, I appreciate you joining the ISO. I wish you nothing but the best of luck with Max Hoops as you continue on with that project. 
as well as the upcoming season with Pacific, which it looks like it should be starting up in January. So thanks again and have yourself a great day. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks a lot. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.